0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift. Hey guys, welcome back to the Swift Legacy Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about an unreleased song and we have decided that today we will be exploring r-e-v-e-n-g-e my list of things to do this week jealousy misery gonna give you what you gave to me etc so (laughs) this song was written in 2005 by taylor swift obviously steve bogard and jeremy stover now did they write anything else with taylor let me double check oh what have i clicked I am 90% sure they didn't write anything else. I don't recognize
1: either of those names.
0: Neither do I. Bogard. Nope. Stover. Nope. They did not write anything else with Taylor. So it was just R-E-V-E-N-G-E. Now this, originally the master was owned by Sony. But then... We also know that it was re-recorded in 2008 for Big Machine Records, so they own the Master for that version, so there are two different versions. The only one in circulation is the 2005 one, which is owned by Sony. Now, we are not sure about this, but the timeline suggests that with it being re-recorded in 2008, this was potentially considered or fearless now we've only just figured that out and we're both really confused about it
1: I feel like it's just we've we've said this already as in just before we start to hit record on this episode it does not fit fearless and it's strange because 2008 is like that's not even like an early consideration for fearless that's like uh, in the midst of recording all the Fearless songs and putting together a track list consideration. It's I very weird. And I don't see why she would have re-recorded it unless the plan was to put it on Fearless. It wasn't on the Mirror tra- uh, track list. It's n- no other evidence pointing towards it being on Fearless. It obviously wasn't on the vault. The only other thing that's just come to me is whether she was re-recording it so that they could sell it or re-recording it to take ownership so big machine owned the masters and then they could do something with it
0: i was just thinking could it have potentially been to pitch to another artist in like the big machine catalogue but it it, it it just doesn't make sense to me like 2008 taylor singing r-e-b-e-n-g-e unless she was going to pitch it to a movie makes sense i, I don't know, know what movie, movie but it could have been a possibility yeah oh that's interesting I don't
1: think, even though the evidence does point to it being recorded for Fearless, I just don't think that's what it was.
0: I mean, Fearless is such like a fairy tale project. It doesn't have a place there.
1: No, not at at all. Not
0: lyrically, not conceptually, not from the original production of the first version. It just, it does not make sense. I feel like a movie could be the best explanation. yeah.
1: I wonder if you looked at what movies came out kind of late two
0: thousand and eight or two thousand and nine. Yeah, could I was, about to say, I was about to say, what if it was for the Hannah Montana the movie? But then that doesn't fit in with the um the storyline of it. Where would you put that in the Hannah Montana movie?
1: Oh, I don't know. Exactly. Could it just be
0: for Hannah Montana in general? I I don't know. I really don't know. Strange, I can see
1: though. Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus, but you know what I mean. Hannah, Mont- I can see that being a Hannah Montana song.
0: Can you? Yeah. In- you really think encouraging kids to key cars is a Hannah Montana Disney thing?
1: Oh shit! Yeah, I hadn't thought about that lyric.
0: I could have keyed your car. I could have rolled your yard. Yeah, but I she know didn't. The Password to your email. <laughs> she didn't though. She could have, but
1: she didn't. It's a good lesson to teach kids. Is it? Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Lesson.
0: Right. So Steve, you know what? I'm going to try out my Steve impression. We usually, we usually ask Molly to do the Steve impression for mm-hmm. today. Okay. So Steve says, once again, an extremely commercial song, which would be an instant classic and hit single on the radio. This is the coolest way that words have ever been spelled out in a song. Incredibly witty and original as Taylor describes how she will getting revenge <laughs> I that i'm speaking. sorry this is the coolest way that words have ever been spelled out in a song first of all aretha franklin would disagree I re, I see, 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 see. you can't even spell it now honestly steve cheers to steve because he gives us a good laugh cheers steve so the version that we have is the studio demo from 2005 as far as we are aware, there is, well, I mean, there must be an acoustic work type somewhere. but, yeah, but there's nothing in circulation. Nothing has leaked or no information about it has leaked. And then there is the 2008 studio version, which again is not leaked, but we know of. That 2008 one is confusing me. I'd love to know what that was for. Me too. It's so weird. I feel, obviously, with it being written in 2005, it was probably in in contention for the debut album, do you think?
1: Absolutely. I feel like, you know what? I feel like it fits the music video for Picture to Burn. It does. Yeah. Massively. I was going to
0: say it kind of is very much... Picture to Burn-esque. Pitch to Burn-ish. Esque, not <laughs> ish. either. Like, if you couldn't have... The way you couldn't have matches and Pitch to Burn on an album, you couldn't have Pitch to Burn and Ari... E, uh, r-e-v-e-n-g-e this yeah. is a spelling test now it really spelling is. B with the swift legacy podcast um also you would not be able to have matches in r-e-v-e-n-g on the same album
1: i feel like you could you think i feel like it's a matches picture to burn R V N G continuum and Having two songs, I mean, it's really not a continuum because we were going to do a continuum. We'd be going from I don't know. I feel like you'd go from cold as you to like him McGraw. Mm. So it's like two different sads, and they kind two of come together, sads. and then they come to, and then they come together in the middle, and that's where you're, you get your revenge, Pitch to burn, matches. And I feel I like it. if you flip it that way, I feel like it goes revenge, Pitch to burn, matches. And because I feel like Pitch to burn and matches are no sorry. Reveng and matches are just about far enough away from each other that if you put them in very different places on the track list, I reckon you can make it work.
0: Mm, fair enough. Okay. I want so, matches
1: or Reveng on the debut belt. So.
0: I want matches. I I love Reveng as a song, but I don't care about it enough. <gasps> also, also, we already have a studio version of Reveng, whereas matches we don't. Point, valid point. Very valid point. The acoustic version that we have of matches is absolutely shit. Like her voice makes the recording all buzzy. It's terrible. But it's such a good song. So good. Such a good song. Okay, so if we are going with that, should we say that it didn't make the debut album because Picture to Burn did? I think that's a very fair point to bring up. I
1: can't see it growing on the same album as Picture to Burn, and I do think Picture to Burn is a stronger song. So.
0: Do you think there are any other reasons that it didn't make the debut album? Um,
1: No, I think you can argue that it didn't make Fearless, A, because Fearless is kind of a fair, perfect fairytale, and B, because I almost think she cleaned up her image, Semi, between yes. a uh, debut and Fearless. And we talk about this a lot. And Taylor was, she was kind of put forward as very pure, very like teenage country. Whiter than white. Yeah, but she didn't act like that. And like, even in some of the, like, should have said no, pitched burn, like some of those early songs, it was always put out there without a thought about what people, and I guess she had nothing to go off. Like she had no idea how people were going to react to those songs. Whereas with Fearless, she could, kind of base it on how people reacted to debut yeah that makes sense so no I could think I can argue why it didn't make it fearless but I don't think that would have been the same reasoning for why I didn't make debut I think it, there wouldn't have been a question of putting it on
0: debut had there not been
1: picture to burn to go in place of it
0: I think as well it's too immature yeah for fearless I would I would say it's just about it just about fits in debut But it's almost too immature for that. Amy, a place in this world ended up on debut
1: and so did a perfectly good heart. I feel like they're worse.
0: Yeah, okay, you've got a fair point there. Mm -hmm. But in my ideal world... And we're talking about
1: the the girl who took an interviewer, drove him past Sam's house and Drew's house. Or was it Jordan's house? I can't remember. Definitely Sam's house.
0: Okay, you've got a fair point there. I retract my statements. She was very
1: well. She wasn't immature at all. But she was. A, she was a teenage she girl. Was she, was, she, was she was chaos. She was not for afraid. Legs. For, yeah, she was not afraid to show that side of her. Not in the debut era, anyway.
0: So, do we think that it has a chance on the debut vault?
1: Mm, you know what? I think it does, based on the fact that big machine over the master.
0: Yeah, I see that.
1: I think that might be a selling point for her. I do think there are better songs. Depends how big the debut
0: vault is. True. I, I do feel like it has a good chance. Um, I possibly wouldn't advocate for it personally. I feel like there are songs that I would rather have on there. Yeah. But I also think the fact that it was re-recorded in 2008 shows that she was still, or she didn't hate it in 2008, let's say that. I don't know. She was still
1: recording What Do You Say? And she was sick of re-recording that one by the time she... Like, I think no, if they wanted I mean, her to re-record something, she would have done it. But she also would have said, no, this isn't going on the album.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like she wrote it in 2005 and if she's still singing it in 2008, if it's still, like, something that's on her register. Mm, true. I feel like she can't be like, oh, that's a horrible song. It's so immature. It's really crap.
1: So yeah. I feel like
0: I feel like it has a chance because it at least you know, survived those three years that were like a massive change, really, in her sound and maturity level. Yeah, that's a good
1: point. I would I would not hate it if this song was on the vault. No, I'd be interested to hear her new vocals on it, though. That's the other thing. I can't see 31-year-old, 30, 32-year-old. How old is she now? Fuck no. 32, she's 32. 32.
0: Um, I can't see 32-year-old Taylor singing this song.
1: Can you, imagine,
0: girl, she's can you imagine, can you imagine Taylor now being like, make you feel so B-A-D, break you, make, make you so sorry, I hope you cry, Get
1: mad, I want um, her to sing, I know, I know you hate my friends, so tonight I call them all, later on you can expect some prank
0: phone calls, baby, can you imagine that, that prank phone calls, God, I mean, okay, right, let's have a look through these lyrics. The first thing I'd like to say about these lyrics is the bridge
1: where she goes, F-A-N-I-T-Y, I hope you lose yours tonight. I never, never bothered to work out what that was saying. And I just felt like, like, half of me kind of every time I listened to I it's like, what is she saying? And I just, and like, the, you know where I'm going with this. I hope I you lose yours tonight. I unfortunately do. I unfortunately know like, it's probably, exactly where you're going. She's probably saying virginity. Like, it's probably there. There's not enough, lyrics, there's not enough letters in sanity to be virginity. Since when,
0: like, since when does that start with an S?
1: I don't know I wasn't really listening to the lyrics close enough <laughs> of like sadness I don't know what I thought she was saying well like I
0: didn't bother I only realized within the last couple of years there was sanity oh my god no I I love the s-a-n-i-t-y I hope you know it's, yours. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good one it's genius I love that like I don't know I think it's good that she's did another like spelling is fun in yeah. the interlude the R
1: V N G is the original me
0: oh, oh my god it's true you know what taylor releasing me was in fact an easter egg for e- i don't e- want to hear the end n-g-e of being on the debut vault no just no
1: fun hey kids all right amy what's your favorite lyric
0: oh my god there's so many, <laughs> so, there's many gems. so many <laughs> this is so tough um, I really like, I could have keyed your car just because like, I can, I can imagine her being absolutely unhinged enough to do something like that. Like Carrie Underwood level property damage just because she's pissed. I was going to say, it reminds me of Carrie Underwood. Like literally I can see her doing it, like going mm. out with her paintball guns and being like, let's shoot people we don't like. <sighs> like oh, she probably she's, did. She's insane. Or she it, was in two thousand. She was. It was chaos. Um... Oh, and I also I I love the whole of the second verse the um so I'm gonna paint the town with him replace your memory everywhere we've ever been I don't hang out at smoky bars but I know we'll see you there and I'll make you hear me laughing like I just don't care
1: I love I don't hang out at smoky bars but I know you will see you there like that's so petty
0: it's so petty the whole song is p-e-t-t-y
1: <laughs> ha,
0: ha, ha
1: I hate no, myself too it's okay No fully I also really like But I'm dressed to kill And tonight I'm going on a date with your best friend He always liked me anyway It's
0: so petty I mean it's just like It's the epitome of petty Taylor And <laughs> I live for it I hope you cry Get it <laughs> I hope you cry I want you to suffer I mean, at least she's honest. We we can say that. This
1: was so, like, this is one of those debut songs where I'm like, she's not pulling this from anywhere. Like, this is 100% how she feels.
0: Oh, yeah. We, in fact, we didn't, I forgot, we didn't do the is it fictional or is it not? Oh, it was so not fictional. <laughs> this is, no, this is like, she was pissed as fuck and she was just 100%. I'm going I'm to get all my anger out in this song and kill you. Philly. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm interested or intrigued as to why she never wrote with these two writers again. Uh, I think because she was. Was this Sony's and her development deal? I believe. Well, it was 2005.
1: I think she was at the point where they were getting her writing with a load of different people, and she wasn't on that development deal for long. Mm, Wait, it was so, 2005. She wasn't on the development deal. She left back in 2004. I'm so confused because this is a Sony song. It's one of the songs they put out that are technically illegal to own. But like.
0: Maybe it was on her ATV deal then.
1: I don't know. We don't don't know. We don't understand. Anyway, whatever it was, I think she was writing with a lot of different people. And I Mm. think she found Liz. And Rio. And I'm trying to think who else she wrote a lot with for that debut. I mean, Nathan Chapman, but I know he didn't write. Well, he did, what, what, what does he have writing credits on? He has writing credits on one. He
0: has writing credits, Nathan Chapman. It was Christmases When You Were Mine. Oh, was it? I yeah. swear there was another one. No. Who knows? Obviously not, but... No, it was Christmases When You Were Mine. Mm. Oh, we quite like that song. Okay, I will tell you... Why I think she never wrote with those two again. Why? Because when you read these lyrics, considering these are probably two fully grown men, she absolutely terrified them shitless and they were too scared to ever be in the same room as her ever again. (laughs) hundred percent. I'm getting behind that theory. (laughs) Like they heard her saying things like, I'm going to kill your car. I'm going to roll your yard. I'm going to kill you. And they ran for the hills. They were like, I'm not not being in this room with this 15-year-old. She's crazy. She's vicious. She's mad. And then they just ran away. In fact, legend has it that there is a restraining order out there still today. They've got into hiding (laughs) new identities. (laughs) I love that theory now. That's my new favorite theory. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on social media for exclusive content. And we will see you again next week with a new episode of the Swift Legacy podcast.